Thank you. 
Take your Bibles this morning and turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. My sermon this morning is prepare with prayer. You ever realize we're at war and it's like we're up against an unseen enemy, but he's a well-equipped enemy. And you think, what's at stake this morning? As we listen to what Paul wrote, and he starts in verse 10 of chapter 6. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power and in his, of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take you on the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girded about with the truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So Paul tells us what to do in this battle that we're up against when we're up against this enemy. And as you see, he's very powerful. He seems to be everywhere. That last part of verse 12, he says, get spiritual wickedness in high places. You could basically today say spiritual wickedness in all places. Yeah. And I got to ask this, so what's at stake? And you think about the war that we're fighting. It's for our friends. It's for our family. It's for our loved ones, for their souls, for even those that you, you just might know. And it's a it's a battle that we should continuously fight. But sometimes it seems like we just quit. We just are letting the world win. But we need to continue to fight. Let me li listen to what's going to happen. In Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15, John said, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away. The, there was found no place for them. I saw the dead, both great and small, stand before God. And the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works and the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works the death and hell were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You want to know what our battle is? It's this, this final outcome. How many people do you know will be at this final outcome? And it's one thing we should be praying for. You say, well, preacher, I'm not that good at sharing the gospel. I, I, I don't know the Bible like I ought to. And it, really, the truth is, a lot of times it just makes us nervous to spread the gospel. But the one thing we can do is pray for those that are lost. And those that we love. We're on the front lines. You think about it. Peter told us in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, he says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that ask you the reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. 
Peter said that people ought to see the hope that we have. And you ought to be able to tell them why in the times that we live in that you have this hope. And the, you ought to stand different than everybody else. People ought to see that there's something different about you. And, and so this morning, I want us to look at what it takes to do this. What it takes to charge into this battle. And the one weapon we seem to have, in which is prayer. Now, Jesus told us in Matthew 6, verse 13, He kind of reminded us what we're up against when He said, Deliver us from evil. When he was teaching the disciples how to pray. And it's something we're fighting against. So I want us to look at Paul's armor here that he tells us about. And he reminds us too. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17. He said pray without ceasing. So it's something we ought to do. And he first he tells us here. He says this. He says to gird yourself with the truth. Put, having your loins gird about with the truth. You ever think what it is? The truth is our spiritual core. He had them put on the belt first. How many of you have ever throw, threw your back out? Anybody? You've ever done that? Ain't that just the most funnest thing you possibly do? You realize how important this middle section is. How, how all your strength just kind of comes from that. Because when your back goes out, you can't even pick up a Q-tip off the floor without hurting yourself. So it's where a lot of your strength comes from. So our strength needs to be in the truth of what things is. You know, the, the, the Roman soldier would put this belt on to help his back and to help him be able to swing his sword and to help him fight and stand tall. So one thing, is, it, it's not just when you gird yourself, with it's not just knowing what the truth is, but it's going to use the truth yeah. in your life. How many of us use, no, we might know what the Bible says, we might know what Scripture tells us to do, but tell, let me tell you a secret, just knowing it that isn't enough, you need to use it. Right. You know, John 3.16, where God said, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you know that truth, you can come up with a lot of strength in your life. You know, it sets us free. From the things of the world. Jesus said in John chapter 8 verses 31 through 32. said this. Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him. If you continue in my word. Then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Yeah. How many of you really know the truth this morning? How many of you pray for the truth? Y'all join me in prayer right quick. Let's pray and say, Lord, help me to strengthen my inner person. Help me to strengthen with the truth. Teach me to know how to live and what to do every day. Show me what I should do and give me the strength to do it. Amen. And you think about the next thing he said, not only do you, you put on the whole arm, you put on that, 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 that belt of truth, but you put on the breastplate plate of righteousness. You know, the soldier would put that on. He put on that breastplate. And it, it, you imagine how hot that was. How uncomfortable it was. But he was doing it to protect his heart. And you think a, a heart's a very delicate thing, is it not? You ever think about how easy it is to get our heart hurt? Anybody ever, ever, ever had your heart broke? Or ever had somebody just... just, just hurt your feelings 
Isn't that easy to have happen? And usually what happens when that does, our old heart starts to get hard. It's amazing how Satan can take something when, well, they didn't speak to me this morning. They sat in my pew. Somebody parked in my parking spot. Or did you? I just couldn't believe they talked to them and not to me. It doesn't take much. You know, Satan just gets in there and he starts to twist your heart. He starts to harden your heart before long. Anger takes over. Hatred takes over. Judgmentalness takes over because your heart wasn't protected. It's so easy to have happen. It's so easy to do. You know, Jeremiah told us, or Ezekiel, excuse me, told us in 11 chapter 19, chapter 11, verse 19. I'll spit it out in a minute. He said, I will give them one heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I will take out the stony heart of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. God said, I'm going to transplant and I'm giving you a new heart. When you got saved, you got a new heart. Yeah. You ain't like you used to be. And, but the thing is, you got to protect that heart. You got to watch over that heart. And so that's where the righteousness comes in because it, it, it means more than, than, than it means more than knowing the truth. It means walking in the will of God. Not only the world wants you to walk, but the way God wants you to walk. Listen, listen to what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4. Starting in verse 26, he says, Be ye angry. Anybody ever get angry? I'll go ahead and tell you, it's okay. Because listen to what he says. He said, Be ye angry and sin not. There's the thing. You've got to, you, could, you could get angry, you can get upset, but you can't sin about it. Now, now listen to what he goes on a little bit further. He says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. So he's saying basically this. He says, you can be angry, don't sin, but before the day's over, fix the problem. See, you can only do that if you've got righteousness in your life because if you are following the way of the world, the world tells you to get even. But here we're told to fix it. And listen to what he says next. Verse 27 says, neither give place to the devil. Don't let Satan get into your heart. Or let me tell you, he'll rule your life. Don't let Satan get into your heart or he'll lose, rule your life. Now, here's how you do it. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. When we get angry, what's one of the first things we do? We let the world know about it. We tell everybody about it. How many of you have ever gotten angry and you just can't wait to tell somebody why you're angry? <laughs> Amen. You know, we got one truthful person. Amen. We all do it. We all want to do it. But let's say he said, but then he says, but that which is good to the use of edifying, they minister grace unto the hearers. See, Paul told us how to act. He told us how to talk. He said, well, what has that got to do with righteousness? If you're not righteous, you can't do that. You see, righteousness is an, an act that we should work on. When Paul says work out your salvation daily, that righteousness is something you need to work on every day. Because if we allow the world to tell us what to do, we'll become corrupt. But if we follow what God's Word does and we believe in the Scriptures and we use the Scriptures to 
make this is how my life is going to be, is the way God wanted me to be. I'm a child of God. I am a Christian. So therefore, I should be more Christ-like. And to do that, I should be righteous as I can every day. It's something you have to work at over and over and over again. You know, putting it on helps us make the right decision. You ever thought about that when you... It's amazing, isn't it? If you surround yourself with Christians and friends such as that, it's easier to act good, isn't it? When you get out into the world, what usually happens? People say, well, I'll be the voice of reason. No, usually the world tells you how to act and you go along with everybody else. It's so easy to do. It's, It's not easy to be different. That's why he said put on the breastplate of righteousness. Protect your heart. Protect who you are. Be strong in it. Listen to this. You need to make the right decisions every day. John told us in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, he says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits where they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Ye are the children of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So he says, guess what? You've got help to be able to do this. God says, I'm giving you help. I'm giving you me. Because greater is me than anything out there. The question is, are you going to put on your breastplate of righteousness? Or are you going to go out in the world without it? And see the danger that can happen. So y'all join me right quick in prayer. Let's pray about putting on righteousness. Say, Lord, help me to live righteously. As close to perfection as I can, you told me to be perfect. You know, help me to try the spirits that come my way every day that I might see the truth. Lord, help me to trust you and trust in you that I might not be used by the enemy but I'll be used by you for good. Amen. You know, he tells us after that, he gets a little different. He said this, he said, put on your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Put on your your sandals of peace. You know, the Roman soldiers had these these sandals they wore in the battle and they, they had points on them so that when they dug in, it could hold them in place. And that was very important as they fought because if one slipped, the enemy might get through. If one slipped and went down, your your fellow soldiers would be in danger. So Paul said, put on your feet, the shod, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Because you realize peace helps us every day to be able to withstand what the enemy throws at us. And, and you, you, you think about it, 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 it's not easy to do. But you got to hold fast during the battles. Paul told us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, he says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together. Did you get that? Comfort yourselves together, edifying one another, even as also you do. Paul says we're here together. Do you come to church to lift other people up? Do we do that? 
You know, here it ought to be easy. Here we come into God's house. We ought to be praying. Say, Lord, help everybody that's here. Give us the peace we need to go on every day. But what about when you're not here? Are you putting on that full armor? Are you going up and say, Lord, let me pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ. I might be at home today. Everything might be good. But somebody I know might be in trouble. They might be fighting a battle that they need help with. It ought to be something we do every day. Lifting each other up. Edifying one another. You know, the word preparation tells us this. It tells us that the gospel is already in place. You just got to put it on. That peace is already there. Jesus said this in John 14, 27. He says, peace I leave with you. He says, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives it, I give unto you, let your hearts not be troubled, neither let it be afraid. See, Jesus knew that the peace that we get, that human, it don't last long. A problem comes up, and guess what? It falls. So Jesus says, I'm going to give you something more than that. I'm going to give you my peace. My peace, which can stand anything. So when problems come, when heartaches come, when sickness comes, Guess what? You have the ability to make it through it because you know that God's with you. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And boy, isn't that not true? How many of you been in the valley of the shadow of death before? And in the valley of the shadow of death, you're not alone because he's right there with you. He's leading you. He's guiding you. He's protecting you. Because remember, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So it's a wonderful thing. You you know, we we fight a battle and Satan wants to knock you down, does he not? He tries his best. Ever ever notice that when when things are tearing up, things are going bad, you don't feel good. It just just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And Satan's going, I just pile one more thing on them. Before long, they're going to break. Bible says he's like a lion that is roaring, going out seeing who he can devour. And let me tell you, he don't stop. When a lion's hungry, it don't stop. So he's trying everything he can, every underhanded, every little bitty sneaky thing he can do to break you. But when you know the peace of God, it doesn't matter how bad it is because you say, God, I know you're here. I might lose everything. I might be sick. I might not have any strength, but I know you're here. I mean, you think about it. As a child of God, the worst thing that could happen to you is death. And let me tell you, the best thing that can happen to you is death. Because we know where we're going. We shouldn't fear it. So we have that peace of knowing what God's done for us. Satan wants to stir to steal your peace. So he keeps you stirred up. He keeps you anxious and afraid. And he wants to upset and tells you, oh, horrible things are going to happen. Let me tell you, horrible things happen all the time. There ain't nothing you can do about it. You just got to be able to hold on. You know, think about this. Uh, the, the soldier had put on these, the, these, these shoes to protect his feet and to hold on. How many of you ever stepped on a rock? Tell you why I stepped on it, it hurt almost worse than a Lego. That's a hole off a hickory nut. We got nothing but hickory nut trees in our yard and the world's fattest squirrels. And they like to get above my back deck and eat nuts and just let them drop. So one day I was going outside on the back porch and I walked out there. And those things, not only do they hurt, but they stick and cut. 
So I'm dancing around, I jump up on one foot, and guess what, I land on one with the other foot, and I'm in pain. When your feet hurt, it's hard to go on. That I was reminded daily for a couple of days how my feet hurt. When you don't have the, the, the peace in your life, that hurt's always there. And you're reminded daily. So be sure you're well protected. Pray, say, Lord, give me the peace. So Heavenly Father, help me to hold on to your peace. Lord, no matter what Satan tries, give me the strength. Give me the peace to overcome it. You say you'll never leave me nor forsake me. You're greater than anything that's in, in the world. Lord, help me to remember that and hold to that during the times of heartache and the times of trouble and the times of pain. Let me feel your peace no matter what. Amen. You know, and, and the next thing you do is it says this. It says, and you're taking the, the shield of faith. You know, the, the shield of faith is, is a great thing. It protects us from the, the fiery attacks that destroy us so quickly. But a shield's only good if you have it with you. How many of y'all have ever gone to work and have an umbrella in your car? And then it starts to rain when you're at work. And you go, well, I got a good umbrella. It's in the car. It don't do you no good, does it? Well, if you don't have your faith with you at all times, guess what? It's the same way. Oh, I've got it. I just don't have it with me. You know, how do you get it? James said to ask for it. Listen to this. James 1, chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, let them ask of God. They give it to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given them. But let him ask in faith, not wavering. For he that wavers like the waves of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. You know, Paul put this halfway through because if you've got the other parts of the armor on, faith is easy because you know who is protecting you, yeah. you know who's strengthening you. So he gives you the faith to be able to fight and say, Lord, I know that you're here. I know that you're watching over me. You're keeping my heart. You're giving me strength. You're giving me peace. So I've got faith. We, we rely on what God does for us. And he reminds us of it. We can press forward with the shield of faith. As, as Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. You want to know how you can do that? It's because of the faith in Him. It's not nothing you do. It's all the faith you have in Him. You ever think about it? Even when I'm weak, even when it seems that I've lost my faith, I know He's there to hold it for me. Proverbs 30, verse 5 says this, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. He's my faith. He's where it comes from. How many of you every once in a while lose it? Well, maybe you need to do like I do every once in a while and just say, Lord, I need some faith. Just pray, Lord, help me to take up my shield of faith and help me to fight this battle. Lord, I'm under attack and I, I need to remember what you've done for me. I need to remember the peace. I re need to remember the strength. I need to, to remember how you've guarded my heart. Help me to be more like you. Help me to have faith in you. Amen. You know, then he comes to something that's an odd place to put it, isn't it? You're halfway through the, the salvation, the, the armor, and he says, here's salvation. Take on the, the helmet of salvation. You ever wonder why he put it here, not first? Don't that seem like that's the most important thing? 
But you've got to remember who Paul's writing this to. He's writing it to the church. And we need to remember that we're saved. We need to remember who we are. Because if you don't, then all the other stuff is going to be no good. So he put it here in the middle of it to remind us that we are the children of God. So he says, put on that salvation, that helmet, and remember. Listen to this. Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 15 and 16, he said, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bear witness to our spirit. We are the children of God. We've got to be reminded of that every once in a while. That's why we come to church on Sunday to remember who we are. When we sing the songs we sing, we ought to sing because of who we are. You ought to put a smile on your face because of who you are. And what he's done for you. He died on the cross for you. He, he gave his life for you. It ought to be something that just, just excites us. You know, the question though here, I guess, is also too, if people have read this, when they get to here, it ought to be a question. Will you see the things that God can do for you? Are you a child of God? You, you, you realize that there's a lot of people who are not. You know, Jesus said in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And we know how easy it is to get saved. The Bible tells us that. Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thine heart, that God has raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. But if you notice, there's two more very important things in both those words. You've got to believe what you say. And you, you think about this. It, it, no matter how full a church is, you have to wonder, is everybody saved? Maybe you, I've known people that went to church because, well, their wife expected it of them. Mom and dad expected it of them. Their husband had always gone. But listen to this, Jesus' words in Matthew 25. It says, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him he shall gather all the nations and separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he puts the sheep on the right hand, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you that, that's those who have accepted him and believe what he says. He tells them the things that they did. And they, they're like, when do we do this? And he says, every time you've done it to the least to one of these, you've done it to me. And then he looks at the others. And he said, he said on them on the left hand, which are the goats, depart from me, and curses into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. You clothed me not, sick, in prison, and you visited me not. Then they shall answer, Lord, when shall we see thee hungered or thirst, a stranger, naked, sick, in prison, did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Barely, barely, I say unto you, as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not unto me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteousness into their eternal life. Sheep and goats have a lot of things in common. They act a lot alike when they're around each other. But there's a difference. You might not notice it, but God does. See, people that, that, there's people that's been in church their entire life, 
But in truth, did they really believe? Oh, they might have walked an aisle and said a prayer because somebody else did. You know, I, I, I taught children's church and I taught youth. And one thing I always noticed about a kid, we'd have, I, I, I used to have a youth, every time we'd go somewhere, she'd get saved. She liked the attention. But in truth and reality, there was never a change of life. There never was fruit that showed. See, the thing was, and later, he said, I didn't really believe what I was saying. You come down here and, and somebody leads you in prayer, but if you don't believe it in your heart, guess what? You're a goat. You, you fool everybody else, but you can't fool him. Because he sees your heart and he knows the truth. So when you, when you ask and you, you, you pray the prayer, do you really believe what you say? So are you truthfully saved or are you just a goat in disguise? Remember Paul said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So when you pray that prayer, you say, dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner and I know I need you to get in heaven. Save me. Change me. Thank you for dying for me. Make me a new creature in Christ. Amen. When you pray that prayer, do you mean what you say? You know, as Christians, that helmet protects our heads and protects us from the enemy. The lies that he says. That's why Paul says, put it on. How many of you remember the day you got saved? You know, there's been many times I've heard this, uh, Satan whisper, Mayor, well, Steve, if you was really saved, you wouldn't have done this, Steve. Blah, 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 blah. And he, God takes me back and says, you remember when? Oh, you might not have known everything you know today, but you knew one thing, you needed me. And he reminds me of that. Because our enemy's a liar. He'll try to tell you all kind of things. Sometimes we just need to remember what God's done for us. And that's why he says, put it on. Then the last thing he tells you to do is he tells you to take up the, the sword of the Spirit. It's the only offensive weapon we have. Everything else is designed to protect you and to help you. But that offensive weapon is the one thing you can use. You think about this. When, when Jesus was a baby, Satan tried to destroy him. He tried over and over when he was when when he was starting his ministry. Satan walked out in the desert where Jesus was fasting. Now you think about that. Jesus fasted for forty days and forty nights. So when Satan said, "Make these rocks stone," I don't know about y'all, or make these rocks bread, I had a hard time not. But Jesus used the word against Satan, showing us when problems come. Pull out the word. Yeah. But if you don't have it with you, what good is it? If you don't read it, what good is it? If you don't live it, what good is it? You know, we go into battle every day, but do we go with a weapon to knock our enemy down? Listen, listen to this psalm. Psalm 149, verses 1 in verse 5 and 6, it says, Praise you the Lord, singing the Lord a new song, and His praises unto the congregation of saints. Let the saints be joyful. 
Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and the two-edged sword in their hand. So sing praises to God, but know the Word of God. Amen. Have it in your hand. Be ready to use it. You think it's a weapon that gets sharper the more you use it. Because the more you use it, the more you know it. He ends in verse 18. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. As you put on the armor of God, are you praying? Because if you're not, then that armor you put on, I don't know what it is. Because of as a child of God, we should want, we want to talk to the one who loves us, who gave it to us, who walks with us. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. And I'll heal their land. You notice he starts that off if my people, which are called my name, would pray. Because prayer is the key. You can't seek his face if you're not doing it. You ain't going to turn from your wicked ways and have the whole armor on if you're not praying. So every head bow, every eye closed. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you this morning, Lord, I pray that everyone here be putting on the whole armor. Lord, if there's somebody here that, Lord, they, they realize that they're not really true in their, their love for you. Lord, I pray that you'll, you'll humble their hearts. Show them the truth. Lord, they need not be ashamed of who you are. But they should be excited to come to know you. Father, if there's somebody watching, I pray, Lord, that they know you. If they don't, <coughs> help them today. Lord, as we come, I pray that we can all put on the armor. Some of us, we need to take it out and clean it off. We might need to work on our breastplate of righteousness because it's not what it should be. We might need to remember our covenant of salvation and come back to you. Some of us need to dust off the peace of the gospel on our feet. Some of us say, I'm ready for that. Some of us just need to be a little more strong. So have your way in the situation. In the Lord's name I pray. Page. 11 in the red book. 11 in the red book. The altar is open if you need to.
all got some that are working, some that are traveling. So we pray much prayer for them. I hope you have a wonderful and blessed day. Rick, will you close this prayer this morning? Our Heavenly Father, thank you for Thank you.